Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We're having a very good conversation with a supervisorial candidate, Susan Funk. She's asking for your vote this Tuesday to be the 5th District uh, Representative on the Board of Supervisors. We were talking about uh, property taxes and uh, the initiatives that are coming up on the November ballot to reduce uh, the Proposition 13 threshold, uh, which is two-thirds vote for increasing property taxes. Uh, There's two that are coming up that would reduce that threshold to 55%, and... uh, uh, Ms. Funk was talking about how we need to have an honest conversation. So let's talk about what you meant by that. Sure. So uh, first of all is is not scaring people to death with what this these things won't do. Because you know, there are folks saying that if those initiatives pass, that peop- the valuations on people's homes are going to start going up and up and up and up again. And people are going to get taxed out of their homes. And that's what gets people that is people scare that it's going to destroy that function of prop 13 and that's just baloney it's not no that's, that, that's, that's scaremongering to that that's very accurate Susan. Where, yeah um the the reality mm-hmm. is if in 1932 when they first adopted the property tax they'd put in a a cola so that the luxury home of seven thousand five hundred dollars at that time uh you know, $7,501 would be taxed and anything below that wouldn't be taxed. I suppose we wouldn't be having these conversations, but the original 1849 Constitution and the uh, 1879 Constitution all required two-thirds votes for taxes in this state. Um, so I think I think there's, the concern is, should there be a Reduction in the uh, number of folks necessary to increase a tax on all of us, and how do you feel about that? Well, and it's important to note that those initiatives are t- that, that are pending yeah. are talking about some sp- certain specific applications and having adding a couple more things to the 55% threshold the way it was done for school bonds almost a quarter of a century ago. Mm-hmm. And if you've noticed, Proposition 13 is alive and well, despite the fact that all of those school bond things can be done with a 55% threshold. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. Um, there's also an effort to push additional types of taxes up to the 66% threshold that may also be on the ballot in November, depending on the business roundtable's work. Yeah. Um, and that kind of thing would have made it impossible for us to do the public safety initiative that we did in Atascadero that has been absolutely essential to funding our public safety and infrastructure and, and civic services, a D20 measure. Uh, I mean, nobody likes to but have was that taxes. A, was that a sales tax? That's a one cent okay. sales tax yeah. in Atascadero. Okay. Um, and it, I mean, we were looking at, at the lowest paid, hardest work police force in the county with only three patrol officers on duty on most shifts oh, yeah. because we yeah. couldn't afford to do any more. 15 mm-hmm. year old fire trucks and no money to replace them. You know, all that, that kind of stuff. So we have to be able to build a tax base or do it to be able to. Uh, fund those services that people expect and, of their government. And our, our sheriff's department is having trouble filling spaces, filling jobs, and getting officers. Uh, are, are there things you think you could do as a member of the Board of Supervisors to fix that? Yeah, and part of that is to pay attention to what the daily life is for those sheriff's um, deputies who are out on patrol, mm-hmm. because so much of 
their activities um, in our sheriff's department and our police uh, departments ends up being dealing with uh, challenges around mental health and homelessness. Mm. And they're not social workers. They don't want to, they didn't go into that to be social workers. And it it positions them not to be able to use the they their training and resources that they do have and in a pretty much thankless task. So we need to be attentive to how to make their lives better so that people can enjoy that career better. Well, I think that... And continue to respect the very important work that When I talk to law community. enforcement folks, the, the key thing that uh, governments can do to make their lives better is get people, more people working uh, so that they're fully staffed and maybe maybe they need more staffing. Um, right. And, what, to, and that how means... Would you, how would you take care of that or how would you fund it what sure that they we have to have uh, competitive salaries mm-hmm. uh, for um, not only our law enforcement professionals but everyone if you want to have attract quality people which that's the you know the big expense of government is people yeah uh, if you want to attract quality people you have to pay them competitively okay not exorbitantly but competitively so that and that's an important piece of it but it also matters the culture that you create in the in the community because folks will choose to if they're choosing a law enforcement career they will they will choose to be a deputy with us or santa barbara or Mm -hmm. they might choose one of the police departments instead of the of the sheriff's department depending on what the daily experiences of working in that job and that's where if we if we try to um integrate mental health supports into policing so that mm-hmm. um, they're not having to deal with uh, so many issues that um, they're less comfortable working on and 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 where law enforcement is really not actually the um, the best tool for dealing with some of those problems well then we have to I think that's very intuitive that. intuitive but um, I always loved John Murtha you remember John Murtha the congressman yeah uh, Pennsylvania um, right and he always said, it's all about the money. <laughs> and, of course, it's all about funding. Um, and, and in our county, what, last year, we had uh, the folks who were the line workers, uh, talking about culture, mm-hmm. they got a 1% raise. Some of them got a 1.5% raise. Uh, the folks at the top got 12 and some, some of them 25% raises if you figured it all out um i i guess i I told you in advance i'd ask you this question uh do you think that the upper management folks like the uh, county administrative officer the county council um you know the directors of various departments do you think they're underpaid overpaid um about right have you have you looked at that yet yeah, I haven't gone through the salary schedule to look and see where they are competitively. We need, as a principal, I'm, we need to make sure that we don't get carried away. I'm going to give you the salary schedule. Is that and um, so. but what but what you also don't what you don't won't have with that, or at least in time that I can study it, um, is how that compares to um, those kinds of jobs in the private sector um, after you adjust for the benefits. Um, and those kinds of jobs um, in other jurisdictions where we lose people too. I mean, we just we just lost the city manager of of San Luis Obispo 
to Marin County, which probably can pay him better. Um, I'm guessing, but you know, and give him a better job. So yeah. we have we yeah. we have. But it, the thing is, we need to not get carried away paying the folks at the top because it's our working, hands-on, frontline people that deserve the you know the focus of our our resources, and that's where the money needs to focus. Well, that's yeah. We need to focus on our line workers um, mm-hmm. instead of, and if the line workers get depressed if they get a one percent raise and the uh, county administrative officer gets a fifteen percent raise and uh, I'll, I'll give you this schedule but uh, it's not just private industry it's government competition you said that our the San Luis city manager just left for Marin probably because he you, everybody thinks the motivation is he's going to get more money yeah, but I, you know, but yeah, um, I but, did mention that also that we that here's you have to here's here's schedules. what the mm-hmm. state officers are paid, mm-hmm. and I'll just I'll read these off to you, and I'll give you this after Wade Horton, who's not with us anymore. He was making four hundred thousand nine hundred and fifty-two dollars a year. That's more than the president of the United States. Compare and compared to the governor, that position was being paid a lot more. The governor for administering 40 million people and all of the services in the state got $234,101 this last year. That was Governor Newsom. He, he's doing the job for that. We have the uh, Attorney General making 203000 and change, but our uh, county council in a point of position is Almost making as much as the president, uh, $392,826. The controller of the state of California makes $187,280. The controller of San Luis County gets $355,000 and change. I, I guess my question is, should the Board of Supervisors be examining those salaries and redirecting some of those salaries to the line workers? The Board of Supervisors should always look at those salaries relative to what they are, uh, both with the line workers and with the, the competitive positions. Because we need to have somebody in the county council's office who okay. can do that work. Folks, stay tuned. We're going to have more discussion with Susan Funk, who wants your vote on this Tuesday for County Supervisor. <laughs> 